we had a, over Thanksgiving, we're coming back from um, Orange County, mm-hmm. and we had to stop at a supercharger in, um, for, I don't know, it was somewhere, it was like in Whittier or something. Sure. And the, um, the, you know, there's nothing there. It was kind of in the morning, and then there was a Target. So we went and we walked over to the Target, and you know, she's buying some stuff or whatever. And I grabbed a set of LED like stick lights that yeah, were yeah. they're like computer backlighting, right? Yeah, but I was yeah. like, oh, we could put it back here and it'll light the wall mm-hmm, and it'll look mm-hmm, like a lot mm-hmm, better. Mm-hmm. And so I put it in the cart, and the kids are all shopping, whatever. And I go to, I'm like, we gotta go, you know, we're, we gotta book yeah, it right yeah, now. Yeah. So I go run to the car. I'm like, I'm gonna get the car and I'm gonna come back. And I come back. And I park the car and I'm waiting for her. She brings the shopping cart. We're unloading everything. I'm like, where's the LED light? She goes, oh, that was yours? I'm like, yeah, that was mine. I put it in the cart. And she's like, oh, I was just wondering. I'm like, who the hell would put this in my cart right now? And she just took it out and put, I'm like. Well, <laughs> that's that's not on her because you didn't communicate to her before you left. No. That was going to be I, yours. You think stuff just magically pops into your Absolutely. cart? Absolutely. People put random ass shit inside people's carts it's, all the time. It's Target. She could return it. She could have called me and said, hey, is this I yours? Think, I think Target own, is good. I think the onus is on Kevin at this point. I mean, for the girlies. I think that's a very girly thing to say. Look, I came in here. I came in here knowing that I will bring some contentious heat, and I think that you should have communicated to her, you're, and it would have saved so much. You are about to get attacked right now. Okay, come at me. Come at me. No, I try. Look, my my opinion would be like, okay, she went and said, "Hey," to my son. She goes, "Noah, did you put this in the cart?" And he goes, "No." Who else is it gonna be that puts computer stuff in a cart? So she like all she had to do was pick up her phone and go, "Hey, did you put this in the cart?" And then all would have been fine in the world. No, I think you should have communicated. Then none why of that why could happen. she not communicate it to me? You're the one who put it in the cart. She doesn't tell me every single thing that goes in the cart. Doesn't matter. You put stuff in the cart. She didn't put that in the cart. So you should have told her, "Hey, I'm gonna run real quick. This is yours. So this because, is mine." Because I did her the favor of bringing the cart from the car away from like you know. So now you want validation for bringing a cart into Target? <laughs> no, no, no. This is bring, great podcast. The bar bring, is guys. so low, so guys. No, 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 no. I was think I was thinking of her and making sure making sure that for her comfort, I would go to the car, which was at the charging station, which was far away, and bring the car all the way back to the front of the store for her convenience, so we didn't have to haul all that stuff back to the car, and then. I get greeted with that. Just communicate. I'm. I. I don't. I think that's common sense, Jane. I think that one's common I think, sense. I think. I think you're making it into your own story, so, so, victimizing yourself. Hold on. Let's flip, let's flip, let's flip this around. Let's have hold fun on, with this. Wow, we're only three minutes in. This yeah, no, no, I know, but I just want to flip this around. Like. This is important. You know, there is no flipping around when it comes to women and men, right? Because the standard is already so different Uh, that we're already at a disadvantage. I'm talking about this particular situation. Mm -hmm. If she had put a throw pillow inside the cart, Mm -hmm. and then she's like, hey, I'm going to go run and get the car, and I'll bring it back to you. But she didn't tell me that she explicitly had put a throw pillow in the car, Mm -hmm. and I took that throw pillow and I put it back. Not maliciously, but you know, because I don't want her to buy a throw pillow, but because I wasn't sure if it was hers or not. Instead of asking her, hey, did you put a throw pillow in the car, or in the cart, because I don't know whose this is, I just decided to put it back, and then I don't find out till we're already gone from the store. Is that okay? So, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Was putting that equipment an anomaly? Is that something you normally do? 
I would if I bought yes something. Yes or no? If is I it bought something? something that no, you if I if we're at Target yeah. and I wanted something and I just picked it up and I put it in the cart, I would. Yes, that's normal. It's not a. That's unusual, normal. It's not an unusual okay. thing for so me to put something. So you're usually getting cart. backlit lighting at Target on a regular basis. That's what you're saying. Because it's a it's a it's a substantial product, we, right? We have on the last several visits have visited the electronic section of Target <laughs> and walked through some clearance things and I have picked things up and put them in the cart before. I just think that in this situation, if you had communicated, it would have saved you so much trouble and now you would have wonderful backlighting, but you mm, don't. I, I think so. I think you, idea, so you started with Sarah jacked me and so that yes. raises an alarm for me of, whoa, what happened here in this situation? I'm on Sarah's side. <laughs> This is going to be the best podcast ever. You guys are, uh, yeah. I like came into it. I was I like, hmm, should I like be a little bit more chilled out? Should no, I not bring so not. much heat? No, you should not. You should bring all the heat. I like to come in heat. hot. All the heat. All the heat. Because, uh, you know what? And I, 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 I had a feeling that because, no, 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 no. Because I'm, I'm like super opinionated in one way. Yeah. And I'm like, always think I'm right. Yeah. And then, like, and I know that you're fiery. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. It's gonna be good. And it's not going to be because of it's any of the cool, good. like, fun stuff that you do for work or no, no, any no. of that stuff. No. It's going to be because of uh, boy girl things. <laughs> That's what we're talking about here. Boy yep. girl, boy this girl is things. supposed to be a, like a general business podcast, but it's slowly becoming, we just talk about ramen. <laughs> And food apparently male-female dynamics. Yeah, it's important. You know what? These it are is. controversial things that people like to hear. Let's talk about it. And, and you know what? Point. If you post that and go, who's at fault here? You're going to end up with just a slew of things from both sides. That's true. Mm. And everybody's going to get their own person's back. So okay. it's it's fine. Okay, we'll see. Maybe we should give that one up. We'll yeah. Do. We'll just I, talk about something else. <laughs> well, we can, before, before just get into spicier topics, we can um, instant, cover at a ground level, level who, Jay, who our guest Yes. Who our guest is today? Is oh, you can look at no, all. You can look at okay. yeah. better. One, you two, can just three, 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 yeah. We can just look kind of okay. Generally at okay. each other's. I can yeah. look at Kevin's face or Alan. 20, you can turn. Yeah. You can turn, you can turn to Alan. I'm normally here for color commentary. Hey, I actually like cleaned up my beard yesterday, so you're good. Wow. You don't have to, you don't have to stare. We at have the a steam guest today. Beard. That's why. Yeah. You let the dogs out though. I never wear shoes. I wear shoes. Oh, that is that what you say? What? Letting the, Let, dog letting the dogs out when you wear sandals. You know how dry my feet are because I only wear you sandals. You need moisturizer, like uh, badly. You know, you know what? I've <laughs> I've gone to like I, I did a I did a pedicure like uh, a while maybe a couple months ago with Sarah. We went together and we did pedicure and she just got her nails done, whatever. And then like first of all, she's like, "You need the royal treatment," and it was a like, hundred bucks or something, and. They put the the wax on there. They like scrape your foot with like a cheese grater. You know? Cheese grater. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Like the bottom of your foot. They yeah, get all yeah. the dry stuff off. Yeah, it's yeah. gross, by the way. Like my, yeah. my feet gross. Girls yeah, they look pretty gnarly. Day. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's years of basketball and like sports shoes There's and no stuff excuse, like that. Man. All that stuff. This guy but, likes to make up a lot of excuses. You moisturize every day and you're good. No, it's too much work. My feet are probably my just my legs bad. are my legs are also well, super dry. Covered. Yeah. My legs are also super dry. And I'm really stingy with lotion. Are you stingy with lotion? Not with my kids. Um, for me, I am. <laughs> <laughs> when I put lotion, I go. I put like a tiny little pump and I get my face and my forearms and that's like all the lotion I have. Meanwhile, like, you know, my kids or Sarah, they're just like... <laughs> Yeah, I can the tell. Place. Yeah, I just yeah. I can't. If you saw, if I was wearing shorts, you'd be like, "Those are some ashy yeah, ass thank legs." Thank you for thank you for saving me that. <laughs> this, is Kevin well moisturized? Not yeah, on my feet. Is. Not on my yeah. feet. 
Oh, are you talking about my cat? Oh, your yeah, cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he has he a full skincare regimen. Yeah, he looks like someone who takes care of himself. That's yeah. true. You know? He does have really clean skin, now that I think about it. Yeah. yeah. I have... Um, very, okay, we don't need to talk about your yeah, skin anymore. Very little patience Fine. for that stuff myself. <laughs> How about you? How long does it take you to get out of the house in the morning? If it you takes go, me if you like two minutes. But if I'm doing the full thing, it'll take me probably like 25, 30 minutes. Oh, that's good. That's I'm very bad. efficient. Really I have to be efficient, right? Like yeah. having, you know, a lot of moving parts. You just kind of have to yeah. run out the door. But um, for me, it's just, it's a pretty simple skincare routine. And then I usually don't wear makeup unless I'm doing something for work, so... Okay. That's pretty good. Like yeah. none? That's really nothing? Good. No, literally. I mean you see me. Like I'm literally never wearing makeup. Yeah. That's oh, true. That's good. Yeah. I mean Yeah. I, not, not that there's anything wrong with it. I just like don't have well, it's like probably a running be- out the It's door. probably better for your skin too, right? Let's to it not, breathe a to little not bit. Really wear yeah. makeup all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. For I think sure. Sarah's got a pretty light makeup regimen. She's just like a little eyeliner or something and then she's mm-hmm. out of the house. What else does that. she do? I don't know, freaking a man. I don't keep track. She she looks pretty all the time. Oh, that's good. Good job. You just got a She looks good without makeup. That's good. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't really particularly find what I, I was watching. Uh, was, she, was she watching Selling Sunset? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you Love know they show. have the HD cameras and the lights For on, sure. and they, they, you got to put some foundation on For so sure. you don't sh- yeah. you don't shine, right? But these girls have got another face on their face, <gasps> and you can tell because it's not. It doesn't look like skin anymore. It just looks like a layer of makeup, and I'm like. I'm sure they're all very good looking without mm-hmm. all of that, but I mean, they really like they don't want you to see any flaws yeah, in their yeah, skin yeah. when they're on that show. It's yeah, it's kind of gross, is, actually. Yeah, uh, it's kind of gross. I mean, if I saw it in person, I'd be like, "Wow, that's a lot of makeup." Yeah, like, I wonder what like I wonder toes. what's under that. My my toes are disgusting. Yeah, yeah. I you know what? And you know what? Back to the toes. <laughs> Everybody gets to see. I them. have to look at it like the next forty minutes. I, like, I I'm telling you, I only wear shoes for. Basically for golf and basketball and weddings. Otherwise, you're not getting shoes. I wear sandals every day. That's not true. You came into work last oh, week. Oh, sorry. I had, to go to, I had to go to PT. Oh, that's yeah, why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got so it, if it. it's, uh, sorry, sports, <laughs> let's call it sports or, or like exercise or weddings. Okay. That's it. Yeah. I like my toes. My toes like to breathe. They don't like socks. Do Crocs count as letting the dogs out? No, because they're you can't. They see cover the toes. up your toes. Oh, you know it's like lingerie though. You know, it covers up it covers up leaves of mystery. <laughs> I've never heard of that. Crocs being it's it's lingerie. Toe lingerie. It's like just leaves just enough to the imagination. You know, you can kind of see through them. <laughs> Why well, I, I have socks on? I like wearing socks with my Crocs actually. It's comfy. Well, because then they get all sweaty if you don't put socks on. That's true, but Crocs are great for that too. You know, they dry fast, Still which kind is, of, seems kind of gross. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, let's talk about more hi, important hi, topics in Crocs. Hi. So, uh, Alan says you're doing new work with Pack Arts. I am. What What is Pack Arts exactly? So, Pacific Arts Movement is the nonprofit that presents the San Diego Asian Film Festival. So, oh, every yeah. year, it's been 25 years now. So, next year, we're going to have like a huge, you know, festival, gala, and all the sorts. And so, yeah, I, I was an intern in 2010, and I have always like loved it and supported it and then i kind of started getting back in during the spring showcase in april and i was like hey like i want to get involved started working with their videographer to interview people and kind of create more content so Mm -hmm. kind of been building my career back up after having a kid 
And then now, um, yeah, they just asked me to be a board member, so I'm super excited. And uh, yeah, ready to bring a little bit of, you know, excitement and energy to an organization that definitely deserves it, right? It's before all of this, you know, was kind of cool. It's been around and it's been, it's actually the largest showcase of Asian cinema in all of the Western United States. So it needs a wow. little bit more spotlight. And so, yeah, I'm so excited to be part of it. Is uh, Leanne Kim still doing anything with them? So she's always, like, attending events and always chairing different things. Um, she's, the like, definitely the foundation like she's the founder of the entire org and so i think she always has like an incredible legacy with us but she's also doing like a million other things like she has ajima xp and like um all kinds of stuff and she's teaching yoga xp ajima xp i mean like i can't fully speak to it because i only know i've only seen the videos but i think my understanding is like um Korean American women come together and they just create a fun community where they do like flash mobs and I think they've done it at Zion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, she I didn't know she was do, in charge of that. Yeah, I mean she started it. So. Oh, I mean she's okay. one of those people that just creates and makes yeah. something for the community. Yeah. She's like my mayor. She was cool. Truly. Do you know who she is? Mm-mm. No she, idea. she was like a she was a news anchor back in mm-hmm. the day. She's like she's the hero of all Korean Asian American women yes. down down here, man. What's her name? Leanne, Leanne Kim. Kim. I'll look her up. Yeah. yeah, L-E-E-A-N-N. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she was cool. I knew yeah. her back in the day. Really, yeah, yeah. really nice, great yeah. personality. And, um, but yeah, she's, she's like one of the pioneers, you know, like of, of Asian women Definitely. on TV. Definitely, yeah. For sure. Yeah, I'm super excited to be working with her. And so, yeah. Yeah. So what's the best part about your new involvement with Pack Arts? Um, I think building on the momentum, right? After COVID and all these things, there was just a little bit of a lull and it's harder for a nonprofit to kind of pick up after all of that. But mm-hmm. this 24th um, San Diego Asian Film Festival really proved, I think, that people are excited. They're watching. I mean, we could, at one of the screenings, they had to ask people to leave because it was a fire hazard. There were so many people. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it's exciting. I think this is a time to really um, where people are excited about representation in cinema, but also not just that, just like the excitement surrounding buzz of like being out and about and enjoying things together. And so, um, yeah, coming into the 25th, like the silver anniversary, I think that's going to be really, really great. And a lot of hype is going to be around it. Yeah. Are you seeing like um, any sort of big uptick in interest with Korean and well, Asian American cinema, just based on like all of the the new Netflix stuff that's been coming out, the bigger awareness of uh, especially Korean stuff. I mean, are you seeing that? Yeah, I mean, I think I think people are the the. For me, like if the work is good, mm-hmm. then people will watch it, like regardless of who's in it. And like once we move past that conversation of like well, there's an Asian in it, and so I need to support it, and actually being like, this is actually really good work. Like Past Lives, for example, a 24 film, um, Celine Song, she's the director of it, and she uh, literally was her first film, incredible, with Greta Lee, and I saw it, and I was like, this is just great art, you know? And you know about movies, like, this guy watches, like, everything under the sun, but they just won the Gotham Award for Best Feature, like, yesterday. And so I think we're moving past, like, not that Asian representation is something that we move past from, but it's like, we want to 
continue to fill up those spaces so it becomes so normalized, you know? Mm. And we want to be able to see people like us on screen, but also, like, not have it even be a thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm really excited about that, and I think we're moving in that direction slowly but surely. Yeah, I mean, there have been now, like, a handful of Asian movies that have been, you know, mainstream, and I think people are just watching because they're good movies, right? Yeah. Um, Crazy Rich Asians was one that was just like, oh, wow, there's just a lot of Asian people in here, and <laughs> it's literally an Asian movie, Yeah. And, and it just blew up, Yeah. right? Yeah, I think, I think we're going to continue in the right direction, and I think with any movement, there's always going to be like a few steps forward and a few steps back, yeah. but you know, I think we are really, really excited, and I think it'll just get better from here, hopefully. That's awesome. So yeah. this is the 24th year this year. Yeah, this year is the 24th. We're going into the 25th. When, when is the film festival? It's usually in November, like okay. in the fall. Yeah. So we just wrapped up like a oh, month ago. just finished up. Yeah, it was really great. I'm a bad Asian. I missed that thing. Oh, no, that doesn't okay. make you a bad Asian. You know, <laughs> We're I, fake Koreans. I saw that. Um, no, I think, especially even what you're doing, like I know I give you a lot of crap earlier on, but it's not just about like going to Asian cinema that makes you a quote unquote good Asian like you've done you've been part of the community and you've been investing in the community for years and years now decades at this point i think like what what i want to hear about your contributions too because you have an indelible impact on san diego especially in convoyation cultural district yeah indelible is a big word i only half know what that means um no my uh i i don't know i have, i don't think like me in particular I, my involvement has not been that big you know my family um my dad, my brother, um, even my mom, you know, to a certain degree, they've been so involved in the mark, the Korean markets um, between here in Orange County and L.A., um, Atlanta now, Dallas. And, um, you know, so they've, they've made a huge impact just being in the community for so long. I mean, Zion Market's been here since basically the first Koreans had had started immigrating this way, like in the late 70s. Um, obviously, there were uh, Koreans who had immigrated before that, but that was kind of when the big rush, the big influx of Koreans to San Diego was, was like mid-70s through even up to like 2000. You know, there were tons of Koreans coming into San Diego. And um, LA obviously was well before that. Uh, but, you know, they, they work so hard to, um, you know, to just serve the community and make sure that the Korean people feel welcome and they're, you know, they've got a, a place to be comfortable. And I think it's cool that now actually the, the markets are so much have, have globalized so much, you know, you see a lot of, lot more non-Korean people, non-Japanese people inside the market. I mean, we've got on convoy, we've got Zion market, we've got H Mart, we've got Mitsua, We've got Nijia Market, you know, like uh, we got Ranch 99, just so much like Asian culture in one area. It's really cool to see, you know, not just Korean stuff, but just, you know, just Asian culture down here. And um, like with um, the Convoy District people, have you have you met any of them before? Some, uh, yeah, you mean like, like like Wesley and those yeah, guys? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You know, they work. They, they're working so hard to just mm -hmm. you know create this hub where we can be just proud to be Asian and um, bring that culture to everybody to come in and see what we're all about. I think that's been amazing. Um, for me, like my involvement now is a little bit bigger because we're creating this new development here on site where we're going to move Zion Market. Uh, 
we're going to create a culinary hub down here that's you know pretty much all asian food oh wow um can't really mention who's coming in yet because we've only got a few leases signed and kind of the major people have not quite signed yet but they're really close okay and then um and i'm doing this cool rooftop market uh night market Ooh. that's gonna be that's gonna be awesome so oh we're my doing, gosh we're doing like a speakeasy food hall oh, uh full bar event center uh, we're gonna have one high-end restaurant that i was gonna do but i don't know if i'm just gonna lease that out anymore um a little bit of retail up there but what I want to do is really create a, a cool experience. Um, I have a few ideas on how who I'm going to bring in. I really want to bring um, Asian culture forward, uh, food culture especially through this um, through this food hall. I don't want it to just be kind of like a crappy food hall that you put together and just rent out to vendors. Like we really want some control over uh, how we curate the tenant mix, um, what kind of restaurant tours we put in there, um, what kind of food we show off. And hopefully what it'll do is it'll bring people just to Convoy from all over the place so they can experience all of what we have to offer out here. You know, there's um, even our friends who do like Cross Street Chicken, Pho Doon Mai, like uh, Friends House, uh, you know, like ton tons of restaurants over here, right? Like we want people to come and explore and then, and then just create this sense of appreciation for the Asian culture and for food. And I know that people are already doing that because there's zero parking on Convoy anytime you come out <laughs> it's here. A good like, problem. Yeah, yeah, like I avoid shopping centers just because you can't park there. <laughs> like you just go around in circles and end up parking three blocks over. Um, but but yeah, man, there's um, hopefully this will this will help bring awareness to what we're doing. And then um, you know if if through that we can support pack arts we can support other asian organizations um i think that would be a great opportunity you know for us to just you know be involved um and i think like asian people in general like especially immigrants um and so this is my dad's generation are big on philanthropy in certain ways mm. but then they don't they're not like the type who are gonna like even support like a little league team for a few yeah. hundred bucks you right, know? Right, like right. zion market's a pretty big company but it's like if you have if you brought a little league team or like hey can you give us a couple of that no we don't do that you know it, even even like um the film festival at the beginning it's like yeah we'll support you like will you give us money no right mm -hmm. like we don't do that right now right. but then when it comes to church it's like take yeah. all my money you know yeah, like yeah. missions and, sure. and orphanages and all that stuff like you know just incredibly generous yeah but it's just the weirdest thing when it comes to like supporting yeah. the arts and supporting culture in here like they're very tight-pocketed about it yeah all asians definitely blanket statements i only make blanket statements where where are you at in that like where do you see philanthropic vision for yourself? um yeah you know I, I think we had this conversation with some or i might i can't remember who i talked to Philanthropy is really tough if it's not just, um, if it's not at the forefront of what you do. So as a business owner, um, yeah, sure, I'll help donate and, you know, give little things here. But then to have like a philanthropic mission, it's, um, you, you know, I, I, I still feel like I have this scarcity mindset all the time where I'm like, oh man, I can't, I can't do that because we still have to grow the business and we still have to grow the business. There's so much more to do. I'm like, when does that end? And so um, even when it comes to like tithing at church or supporting an orphanage or uh, donating to pack arts or something like that, right? If those things aren't at the forefront of what, who you are 
as a business person or just as a person, it's really hard to do. And so um, I've been trying to make a more concerted effort recently to just, you know, try and understand that like that money that I have is not even mine. You know, we're, we're stewards of that money. And though we're tasked to grow it and continue to expand on that, um, we're also tasked to give. And um, it's still really hard. Yeah, I, I, sure. There's no good answer. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's I not appreciate like, the honesty. Yeah, and yeah, I, think, yeah. I think if it's easy, maybe you're not giving enough, you know? Mm. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. really tough. You know, I don't know how you feel about it, but it's just, yeah. you know, no matter what, how much money you have, like, I feel like if it's, it, it's got to be, it's got to be just what you do. Yeah, I yeah. think it's always harder if you your ownership in it and your stake in it is so much greater. Yeah. I think I'm I come from my parents who provided me a very comfortable life, and so it's easy for me to be like, oh yeah, like why wouldn't you give? Why wouldn't you, you know, um, help a nonprofit and things like that? But the older I get, the more I understand it's harder to take out from what you're trying to invest and grow in your own business. Um, and I, I do have like sympathy for that and I understand that. I, I generally in my life try to lean more on the generous side just because I, I think that when like if you help someone out then usually like it really benefits everyone else around you and creating like a more equitable society. I think that's always at the forefront of my mind but I also understand as I get older and wiser how difficult and challenging that is for people and especially in this kind of state that we're in um in our economy and all of these things you know it's really difficult to ask people to you know empty you know open up their wallets um that said it doesn't mean i'm gonna be like well then i'm not gonna ask people or whatever but um it is something that i do want to kind of press into and and ask people about to understand more and mm -hmm. um yeah especially as a business owner i can definitely sympathize with that yeah, yeah. you know what's interesting for me is like i think when it comes to giving, there's there's so many different ways to do it too. Right. Uh, whether you give your time, um, if it's just advice to somebody or you know, give an ear to somebody to mm -hmm. listen to, like that's still philanthropy at a certain degree, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't always have to be financial. Sure. Um, and I think some people also have a hard time with donating to bigger organizations because they don't know where that money's going. Mm -hmm. They don't see the fruits of what they're doing. So like if you give a hundred bucks to, um, you know, I don't know, ABC uh, organization, right? Mm -hmm. How much of that money is really reaching the end person? And then do you emotionally, do you actually ever feel that your donation made a difference? Mm. Like world, like one of those world hunger places, they'll be like, mm -hmm. yeah, give like a hundred bucks. You can feed 10,000 people a meal. It's mm -hmm. like, well, I never see that these people are eating the food that we we donate to them, and I don't like I, I don't feel the impact of what I'm doing. Mm. But then, if like for me, what I like to do a lot is like sometimes we'll go to a restaurant or something, and I'll see like a young couple with a little kid, and I'm like, man, I remember what that was like. I'll buy their dinner, mm -hmm. you know. Or the other day, I went to get a haircut, and it's like a fifty dollar haircut, forty dollar haircut. I gave the girl like a hundred bucks, mm -hmm. right? Extra $50 mm -hmm. tip. And because she, you know, she was talking about like, hey, I got, you know, I've got some stuff going on, blah, blah, blah. Sure. Blah. And like that kind of impact, I'm like, this is helping somebody. Mm -hmm. I get to see that it's helping somebody. I know exactly mm -hmm. where it's going. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that that's more comfortable for me to mm -hmm. do. 
and I might, you know, I might do that, you know, once a month or a couple times a month when I see somebody who I can like, I can actually help there. And I, I enjoy doing that. You know, it's a little selfish. It makes you feel good that you help somebody out. I try to do it more anonymously, you know, like when you're at a restaurant, so I don't mm-hmm. want to be like, Hey, tell them I bought them dinner. Mm-hmm. That's kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. But, um, <laughs> no, but I, I think like, that makes that that kind of impact makes me feel good and sure but now like the thing i struggle with the most is when i see um peddlers like you know people who are on the street asking for money straight up i don't know why i can't give those guys anything it kills me because mm-hmm. i i've seen the guys who have like i've actually watched a guy in mira mesa once on the corner pack up their stuff go up into a parking lot and then drive out in a mercedes and I was like, I can never, I can't, I can't do it. I think that's the hard part um, because I'm not going to be like black and white about it of like, if I see a peddler, then like definitely not because then you're kind of blanketing for everyone else who's actually coming out there that doesn't have the means, right? And yeah. it's really like, that's going to be their next meal, whatever. Yeah. I think that that can be a little bit dangerous to head into because now no one is ever going to help and that could have been their last leg and i also yeah. think that like when people go like oh well like if you give them money then they're going to do drugs like well like it seems like life really is not that fun anyway so like so like why is it our like why do we decide what they do with that money like i don't yeah. think that we have a say in that at the end of the day like when it comes to nonprofits and things like that, I think there should be always full transparency of how much percentage goes to admin, how much percentage goes to, you know, the actual person that's, you know, that needs it. For sure. Um, those things are fully required in order for me to assess whether or not I want to give that to that org. Um, and I and I also really relate to what you're talking about of like it's those moments where people are like dude like it's tight right now like uh, things are happening like medical bills and all these things usually happen all at the same time and so kind of does that moment of human connection of like hey like I got a little extra let's share you know and I think that's really beautiful and I think that is I don't even like to use the word philanthropy I think that's just being human I think that's being very connected as a human being and yes like the benefit for you is like I feel better about myself and that's usually there's science tied to you know what giving and generosity does to your brain and your mind and so all great on that but I think we need to be careful about how we just kind of go like well that guy is definitely yeah. a scam artist, so therefore we should never it, give. You yeah, know? it's a hundred percent, and I, I just, um, it's that's just become kind of my philosophy on that. Yeah, you know, not, and I, I would never judge any of those anybody, right? Like that, everybody has different stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's the act for me, the act of asking for money, blatantly without. It, it's hard because like. I'll see, like, sometimes there's people who bring their kids out now to the corner and they're they're just sitting there begging for money. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, dude. Like, now that's just, you're just trying to guilt trip people into giving you money at this point. And as bad as it sounds, like, I'm not, I will, I'm judging those people, which is terrible, right? We're having this whole discussion, but it's like, why are you going to go and, like, now put your, bring your kids into this situation where you're trying to pedal for money? Like, if you're well enough to think for yourself that if I bring my kids out here that I'm going to be able to go and get more money by begging on the street corner for that money, then 
you're probably in a good enough state of mind to try and get a job. And I know it's I look, I know we're on opposite spectrums on this mm-hmm. and I know that you have like big thoughts about it. I uh, to me it kills me because I have little kids and I'm like I don't I wouldn't want to I even if even if we were so hungry it's like am I there like I feel like there's some exploitation going on there of your own kids and I just don't think that's right. Okay. I think maybe we can move on from this conversation. <laughs> just because it's like a never-ending thing. Well, I, I know, it's I know, very nuanced. I would just like to hear your thoughts on that particular thing because I'm curious because I, I see it one very, like to me it's, um, I know it's maybe not black and white, but to me I just feel like there's no reason to, 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 to do that. I mean, if you've never been in that situation, I, this is like my rule of thumb, uh-huh. is if you've never been in that situation, yeah. I don't think it's fair for us to speak on it, like period. If you've never, like not saying that, you know, that's justifiable, then we can get into the conversation of people who put their kids on social media. Like if you're putting your kids who are underage on social media for monetary or financial benefit, mm-hmm. That's like, how is that what, because just because they have money, it's okay and acceptable. Mm -hmm. Like it's this idea of like, what is exploitation in that sense of like, well, that person is standing there and again, not saying that that's good or that's, I don't, I'm not quite sure where I stand on all of it. Yeah. Um, Because I've never been in that situation. I've never been at a place where I had to, uh, had nothing left and I had to take my kids to beg for money. That's not something that I can speak on. But what I will say is, like, if we're going to be talking about that, then we have to give the same heat to the people who are always putting their kids on social media, knowing that there's all these predators out there and still benefiting from it, whether it's through views or whatever. I think right? that's really fair. I think that's that's a fair argument to make. So okay. I'm glad you brought that up because you know, next no, page. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm telling you from the very beginning when we sat down. It's, yeah. No, it's look, it's. Uh, there, there's no like judgment here, right? We're just. He just said that he judges. No, 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 no. I mean, between you and we me. all judge. No, no, no. But or between you and me, like, from yeah. there's no judgment about our thoughts, right? It's just trying mm-hmm. to see the other point of view because I, I know that I see the world in a very different lens than a lot of people, and yeah. so do you, right? Yeah, definitely. And so it's it's good to just air it out and talk about mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. be civil about it and try and understand what the totally. other person sees, yeah. as opposed to what. A lot of people do now, which is just straight up condemn you for stuff, right. which I just did, by the way. But <laughs> he's self aware enough to say I, that. I've no, I, and I don't. There's no condemnation here. I think yeah. for me, it's just challenging certain viewpoints with some stats and some like realistic yeah. analogies because I think we kind of stay in our own little, you know, echo chamber sometimes. A hundred percent. I'm definitely like that too. Like I, I, I've, you know, and I think a lot of Americans, especially, like have done this where you just. You stand on one side of the fence, and anything that's on the other side of the fence, you're like, that is terrible. I just, I, I will never agree with you on that. And I think that's probably not fair to the other side. You know, it's, it's good to understand and then go. And, and, and what's interesting is like, you see a lot of conversations, even on social media and stuff, where you have somebody from, like, let's just go from, like, politically from the left and then someone from the right. And then you realize that, when they if they like sit down face to face like this and have a conversation that most people are a lot more moderate than they than they think they are the, the, you know than the the stance that they've taken where it's like oh yeah i get you that makes sense and then oh yeah i get you that makes some sense mm-hmm. maybe we're not that far apart 
And then you got the people on the other wings who are just falling off the edges, which I don't agree with either side on. You know, it's like, hey, there's there's compromise. What, Jane, are you saying you're falling off the left side? No, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just taking deep breaths. Uh, um, no, it's yeah. fine. It's uh, fine. We're, yeah. So how, how, is, how is everything else? I'm sweating. But, but why, why, why? Is it hot in here? It's normally cold. It's a little yeah. hot. I think the lighting, but it's fine. It's the, it's the, yeah. it's the hot topic yeah. questions. Yeah. It's, it's... I, I'm just, uh, well, now, now I'm curious why it's like, it's so hard to talk about. It's not hard to talk about. It's, it's kind of, again, I think. And by the way, we can cut out any of this stuff. So don't worry oh, about like I don't, your job I don't being no, I, I, something. I, I, yeah, we're not live. <laughs> yeah, at no, all. no, it's, it's not that. I think like, because what I'm hearing for you, from you is, correct me if I'm wrong, is like yeah. we should all be a little bit more in the middle and learn to see each other's perspectives. And I can respect, like learn to understand each other's perspectives and to kind of like humanize the other person. I think I can agree with you up to that point. Uh -huh. I think by your saying we should all we're all a little bit more moderate, we should be a little bit more moderate and all the people on the fringes are, you know, kind of whatever you want to call them. I will call them wahoos. <laughs> I'm I'm kidding. What are I'm, kid I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. So, yeah, I think I think that's where I like want to kind of tread more tread. lightly yeah because like there are certain things where i would just not um agree with period um yeah. being on a certain side and I, vice versa i'm sure the other person would think the same and so no, we, we can save the politics for next year <laughs> but no i'm just i'm not talking about i'm not talking about like any individual um topic mm-hmm you can take a hard stance if that's if you've researched and you decide that this is where I want to be. Yeah, I think any individual topic you can be on wherever side you want. I think overall, as in your entire being, I would I would probably guess that people are more uh, have have more malleable views once they get more information. Right? There's certain stuff we're not going to talk about here, like abortion per se where you're just gonna like a lot of people are just like here and here mm -hmm. right and that's fine you know you are every opinion is valid and i think and i think more so it becomes more valid if you have done a lot of research and you've formed your thoughts and you're not just looking at tiktok videos and deciding that you know you like the one so that that's the right thing to do right and like i'm completely okay with that i think that you should be able to formulate all your own opinions and sit wherever you want on the spectrum of stuff. What um, sometimes gets me is that I feel like, especially at this point, the younger generation, the social media generation, it's like you see stuff online that might not be a hundred percent true, and you don't, you only see the, like certain facts, and then you you know like the, those judgments are being made, and and then you refuse to listen to the other side. That, that's the hard part for okay. me is like when you're so, to listen okay, to what okay. the other So now are. that you brought up social media and now that you brought up like Gen Z and Gen Alpha, uh -huh. I, I do have to kind of defend them because one, like TikTok actually has, it has democratized information in such a way that is incredibly beneficial to this gener to Generation Z, Generation Alpha and other millennials and such who are on it. I think there's 
always, every generation, there's a demonization of what the next generation is doing with technology, especially with digital natives such mm-hmm. as um, ourselves, right? We got crap from boomers. What are you, Gen X? Are you are you millennial or Gen, Gen X? Uh, you can, uh, I don't know. I think, I I'm think on you the, can technically I'm the, pick. I'm on the line. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, so I, like... I'm 40-something, that's what Gen I X, <laughs> Gen X gets so much stuff because you guys are mostly forgotten um but you guys work Mm -hmm. incredibly hard and there's a lot of like unnoticed things about your guys's generation millennials get a lot of crap from boomers especially for i don't know not having the same work ethic or whatever and then it's like the same kind of thing always repeats every generation and when we kind of start to go, okay, well, these kids on their phones with their social media, we're turning exactly into the people that made fun of us and that really um, didn't see the benefits and how it's changing the culture entirely, right? These kids are living and breathing in these worlds and we have to really engage with that and not make it seem like this is so bad for them and they don't know how to formulate their own opinions that will happen in every scenario like have you never read something on facebook facebook and said oh wow like i don't use facebook i'm too young for that what do you you use instagram i'm sure you've read something even if in regards to sports or whatever that you thought was true because it was on instagram or facebook it's the same thing and i'm saying we just have to be we just have to be careful on the information we assume uh, consume we as it like everybody as a population the amount of well you said you said these young kids and their social media but it's because they're uh, i i feel like um the younger generation has grown up only knowing social media, right? Because I, when I grew up, I'm not even that old, but like uh, the internet basically didn't exist for the mass population until I was in like middle school or high school. And then even then it was like AOL and chat rooms and stuff. And that was like the limit of all that stuff. And that was dangerous in itself, right? And uh, not until Facebook and like... Uh, freaking what was that other one myspace myspace and stuff like that came out when we were in college that was kind of you know the infancy of social media right and so i didn't grow up with that and what we grew up with was i guess we had to we had to look a little harder for information and now you still have to vet all that stuff like you just assume that what's in an encyclopedia is right and most of the time it was factually accurate but things change right people discover new things in social media anybody can say whatever they want and then just post it online like i say some dumb stuff that might not be true no i understand right? i know and, that you and do. so no and so it's, <laughs> you're the best and then, but then trying to trying what i'm saying is that pe- that we need to all be more careful about trying to discern the truth for ourselves and i i agree i agree wholeheartedly that we should have discernment and all of those things when when people generally come in with like the whole these kids with their social media and stuff like yeah. that it is kind of frustrating because they don't understand how these children are actually benefiting from it and also yes there's gonna be downsides to every platform there's gonna be downsides to their mental health all of these things but it is an incredible tool that these kids are using for sure and it's it's pretty inspiring and it's creating a movement and empowering these children like 
they, I mean, they range, right? It could be 18 and up, right? Now Gen Z is about yeah. probably like 20 something at this point. They've all been equipped to understand the world in a way that we couldn't when we had that one history book that it described this one history event a For certain sure. way. Thousands. They are able to challenge it because the democratization of information. And I agree with you wholeheartedly on all that stuff. Okay. It is. It is the, but it is also the job of the older older generations, as it has been in history is it forever though? and ever. Is it though? No, to to do to do their best to try and protect and educate. Definitely the younger generation always. Now, like think about where you are now, and I don't know if you're exactly like you know. Not everybody does the same thing. When I was sixteen to age twenty five, I said my parents are idiots. They don't know anything. They don't know me. They don't know anything I've been, I'm going through, mm-hmm. none of that stuff. And then I turn like 30 and I have kids and I'm like, holy crap, my parents are so smart. They know exactly what I'm going through. They went through the exact same thing and they were like so much more mature than I was when I was at this age because I still think I'm a kid. And now that I'm in my 40s, I'm like, my little kids are a bunch of idiots and I need to protect them mm-hmm. and I need to educate them and show them how the world really works because I've done it before and then when they turn 13, 14, 15 they're going to say my parents are idiots they don't know what they're talking about I can't believe how dumb they are they don't know anything about social media or whatever the, where, I'm, where I'm coming from and then when they turn 30 and they have kids they're going to do the same thing and this happens over and over and over again through the course of history so it's maybe it's just like in our nature right to try and protect and raise our kids in the way that we know and it's up to them to create what they know and become people and then do the same thing to their kids over and over again, right? And I think it, like this whole um, democratization of information that you, you're talking about, right? I've never used that term before. I think it's a cool word, cool term. It's, it's awesome. It's available. so re- every, Everything is so readily available to anybody. Like I can just, now there's AI, which is crazy. And that's amazing. But there, because of the amount of the sheer amount of information, and I'll, this is a practical example. Like, there's a guy on uh, the internet. He's big on YouTube, like a couple million followers and Instagram, and all that stuff. And he talks about a certain type of real estate transaction, right? There, it's a very specific type of real estate transaction, and a lot of the information he puts on the internet is is factually accurate. What he does not do is tell you the risk mm. of doing this sort of information or sure. this, this sort of transaction. Yeah. And that is very dangerous because what he's saying is true, but he omits half of the, the factual information and leaves you to go and uh, it leaves you the impression that what he's doing is going to make you a ton of money. Sure. And then when you go back and you act, if, if you have the, wor- the ability to go back and the desire to go back and really research the rest of that, you find out that the pitfalls could just ruin you Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. and that's where i feel like um you know current generation younger generation whoever anybody who's using this stuff has to sometimes be educated on the fact that you have to do more research than what you see this guy doing just because he's driving around a lambo Mm -hmm. and living in a fancy house and then telling you that i'm going to teach you how to do this doesn't mean that it's without you know it's its own pitfalls right And, and so the way I think we consume social media, to me, it feels like we are, and I fall in this trap a lot. I see something cool and I'm like, oh, that's mm-hmm. awesome. I'm going to like, you know, even food or whatever. Yeah. I'm going to totally do that. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should 
maybe I should just take a look and see what else is out there. And then I'm like, oh no, never mind. This is terrible, right? Yeah. Shin Lamian Light. <laughs> maybe it sounds like it comes a, back to the lamian. Maybe sounds like a great idea, but it has 1,800 milligrams of sodium, which is a lot of sodium. Yes. Right? Is that more than the regular one? No, light has less okay. sodium for sure. So, yeah. like, you know, and we're, we're just playing around on that stuff, but it's like, yeah, it's yeah. healthier. Yeah. But still not healthy, because Alan says on the video, he's like, if, it, if I knew Lamy was healthy, I would eat it three times a day or whatever. Yeah, but I put in the subtitles, I edited it. Healthier. So it's healthier. Yeah, healthier. Yeah. That's yeah. what it really meant. We're, we're and, learning. Yeah, we're just trying not to spread misinformation Definitely. here. Definitely. Right? Um, but I don't, so I, don't I think, think you should cut out most of what he said today. <laughs> So I, the I whole have, episode is just you talking, yeah, pretty much. I, I put I put that in, I put that down as not factual. It is all my opinion, you know, and mm -hmm. based on only the amount of research which I've done, which is probably negligible. And <laughs> what I like about Kevin is that he like says the dumb shit, and then he goes, "That was <clears throat> dumb shit," and then he moves on from it. That's very. That's I, very. I don't take myself that seriously. That's good. I try to, I try to, and I do, like, yeah. in, in all honesty, I do try and understand everyone's perspective mm -hmm. as uh, before we make judgment, right? Mm -hmm. um, when I say, like, you know, when I say I'm, like, judging the beggars on the street and mm -hmm. stuff like that, I'm not really judging them. Mm -hmm. what, I, what I'm saying, though, is as a, as a rule I've made for myself, yeah. um, because of the experiences that I've gone through, sure, sure, sure. I don't give those people money. Gotcha. I'd much rather give somebody like something that I know that um, or that I feel like will impact them specifically in a positive way. And that's my choice, right? That's what yeah. I, that's what I think is the better way to utilize the, the giving that I, I, I'd like to do. Right. Okay. That's it. Yeah. So anyway, Ellen, what's new with you? We haven't heard from you much. This guy takes up the entire conversation. That's this is my podcast, bro. That's how <laughs> that's how it was, it was supposed to be. Uh -huh. But my job just became engineer slash co-host with Lamian expert color commentary and ramen yeah. expert. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember we talk about ramen again today. Um, but yeah, I mean, same old. Yeah. I saw you the other day. I know. Yeah, Ellen's yeah. a good oh. dude. He's he's one of those guys where. First impression may not. Kevin's be. not a good. Wow. Kevin's not a good dude. Wow. Is that the one contrast? doesn't mean like it's not mutually exclusive. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm talking about you right now. I don't really I appreciate know Kevin. It. I, I don't know it. this guy that much, but I've I've interacted with him and his family over the last several years for sure. And in the beginning, I was like, I don't know about Ellen. I just. <laughs> I don't know like what his vibe is like you're very like social but also like you say things very bluntly in a way that can be offensive to, like yeah. i can probably list like 10 people who have been offended by you oh yeah but for sure that, that's a, that's a much I, longer list than you think <laughs> oh 100 but then i i like get to know you and i'm like this guy's actually pretty solid he's like a good He's a good husband, a good dad, and I think that's very much one of your redeeming qualities. And so I respect you, dude. I do. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm. People don't realize that I actually am an introvert. Like I love. I like talking to people. I love learning about new perspectives and things mm -hmm. like that. But when it's me time, that's like very much how I recharge. Yeah. But the no filter thing, I don't know where that came from. I think it's my mom. Like she yeah. just speaks her mind, yeah, yeah. and I I did get a lot better with that. I think, especially yeah. since um, it's either marriage or having kids. 
probably both. Yeah, probably both. You're yeah. definitely right. Yeah. But yeah. It's cool. Yeah. How's I, your family, by the way? I won't talk about my kid, but I think, I mean, like having a kid for the first time is mm-hmm. always just going to be like, whoa, what am I doing? Yeah. Um, we're, we're good. I mean, what is, what is good? Like (laughs) we're just doing life and kind of going day by day. But yeah, I mean, I've had my ups and downs for sure. Yeah. That's, I think that's just parenting in general. It is, it is such a big life change in not only, you know, who you are as a person, because your perspective changes, right? Um, you, I think inherently. How many kids do you have? Three. Three. Boy. Boy, girl, girl. So Boy, ten, girl. Okay. eight, six. Yeah, yeah. And um, he's gonna start explaining to me what it's like to have kids. Like <laughs> it's such a like like expected situation here. I was like, he's gonna start telling me what. I'd have no, no, no. <laughs> I just hey, things. I'm just all. I, all I'm saying is things change. Everybody has mm-hmm. really different experience with the kids too. Like mm-hmm. when our first one was born, you know, some parents like get the baby in there i was like please give my baby oh my god my life has changed forever this is great and she's like get him away from me i'm so sick right now just i i don't want to do any i don't want anything to do with him right now just yeah. you know for a little bit i mean obviously things change but like at the moment she's like why do people think this is such an amazing experience this sucks because she had an allergic reaction to the um epidural oh and so goodness she was like, oh. throwing up the entire time it was not a good experience Woo. you know but that was with noah yeah, I know. Dang, <laughs> dude, it was bad. It was not good. Yeah. That is, that sounds awful. Not a good pregnancy either, man. She was always on something to keep her from throwing yeah, up. I feel, yeah. I feel that, man. You I... just threw up a bunch, didn't she? She had hyperemesis gravidarum. Like we went to the ER just to get IVs because oh she couldn't gosh. eat. Yeah. So it was rough for sure. Did you have morning sickness? Uh yeah, I was throwing up well into the second trimester. Oh, sure. you had it bad too. And then yeah. I had like, I was in living in Tokyo, and I like oh, had for right. like literally. I was like, oh my God, I'm having contractions. And so it's like the middle of the night. Yeah. The Like the hospital is closed, but they have like the nighttime ER shift. I know like three months worth of Japanese and I like knock on their door. I was yeah. like, umaremas, which is like being born. And like, that's all I knew. And so that's how they got me. That's, that's yeah. pretty good. At least you knew that. I literally was like screaming in the taxi in so much pain. And I was like, I don't know what to say when I get there. Cause most of them like didn't speak English. So I was like, freaking what do i say and i just said being born in japanese and then they're like oh my gosh and they let me in but pregnancy like birth delivery labor like literally every woman out there like i don't understand how we get through it like there was a time during in the middle Mm -hmm. of labor where i was like i think i can just die right now and i i would actually be happy because it would be so much less painful. Like I was, I literally was like, God, you can just take me now. It was like yeah. hour 17. I'm on like some, I had no epidural. I was literally just <sighs> raw pain. Did, and you, then, did you not want the epidural or they couldn't give it to I you? Think, I think initially it was like, I'm okay without it. Uh-huh. And then, um, and then there was just like complications and stuff. So ultimately ended up doing an emergency C-section. Mm. Uh, mm. So all of that was for nothing. Um, <laughs> but I just the pain is so incredibly like unexplainable that I was like death yeah. is going to be easier wow. than this. Um, Something a man will never know, right? You guys yeah, will never, never know. know for sure. And then you'll never know what it's like just on a monthly basis of just like having a period and like literally the cycles that go with that. You're really yeah. only good hormonally, emotionally. I feel like 
five days out of the month. Because you're either ramping up for it yeah, or coming down. Lo- like I'm it. in my luteal phase right now, which what I don't does even, that mean? You, guys, you guys know. It's <laughs> no, no never, idea. I've never heard right that before word. you get your period. <laughs> okay. You become a miserable person and like literally are. So, so PMS. No, not necessarily. Oh. It's like one of the site phases before okay. it happens. So you have like a follicular, you have like, what's the other one? And then you have your luteal, which is the worst. Like you're bloated and you just like, and then you get into the actual menstruation. And you, then you, you know, like we really might, we might not know, but we take the brunt of it every day. No, every you month. don't. You guys don't because we are dealing with it on a regular basis. You guys are lucky that you don't have to actually live with that every day. I live next to it every day. Well, that's not the same as living with it. I'm not every saying day. it's the same. It's another experience. It's just Making it's just it about next door. Himself, which is such a man thing to do. No, 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 no. This no, is no, no. this is a man experience. Yo, this is a man experience. But nobody asks for your man experience. Except other men, I guess. I, no, look, I, look. Are there support groups for that? Hey, the way the way oh my i'm a litter about to walk out of here right now no no no. I, i'm all i'm trying to say is that the the uh the that end effect of what you guys are going through mm-hmm. trickles over to the man's side because we are living together yeah right just like if i have a if i'm having a tough time she gets it too because it's like i i i can't just self-contain and be the same person all the time right if I get frustrated, if I have things going on, if I get short, like yeah. she, she unfortunately has to feel the effects of that. And it, naturally, you know, I've, li- I've lived with my wife for 13 years. It's like when she's in uh, a, a like hormonally charged state, or I don't know how that, you know, how to describe that. When she's extra that way, she'll just tell me a lot of times, sometimes it blows up, but she's like, just stay away from me for a while. Like I don't even want to see your face. Yeah, yeah. And that for has, sure. but that has an effect. <laughs> but that has an effect on us. And I can only the reason I bring it's up. It's probably for your benefit, though. Perhaps, but sometimes yeah. she doesn't tell me to go away, and then you know I get it. But the reason I bring it up is because I'm a man, and so I can only speak to it from a man's perspective. And it's not about it. Is, it is about making it about me because it's all I know about. I can't tell you how you feel or you would actually be out of here already. You know, if I was like, well, you should feel this way, then we'd be yeah, gone. No, for but sure. I don't, I'm not going to tell my, I'm not going to tell my wife, Hey, you know what? You should totally act nicer to me when you're on your period. That's not cool. Yeah, yeah. That's not going to fly. I just go, all right, dude, I, I'm going to just stay away from you, whatever you want for right now, because I understand that you're not, uh, in a position where, like you, you, you're going to be nice to me because you know that already. You're not going to be nice to me. So you told me to go away. I'm going to go away. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of hurts me a little bit that you're like, Hey, you're going to, you're just making this about yourself. I can only speak from my perspective. And well, is it, is it, should I coddle you and just talk about you the entire time? Like I just, I have you, no If you look at our conversation, if you actually look, yeah. you spoke probably 70% of the time. And so I had the one topic that yeah. I could talk about, like as a personal, like as a woman. Yeah. And you cut it off short to talk about how you feel about it. That's what irks me you know, when I'm you sorry. make it about yourself. I'm sorry about that. That's what I meant. I apologize so, for that. So that's that's the frustration. Is mm. like I barely had space to talk through this whole podcast, yeah. and now the one thing that is only I can actually speak about without your interruption, you made it about yourself, and so that's why I got frustrated. And I think that that says a lot about 
a man when it's usually like that. It's like, dude, like it's like when a woman gets sick and is like has taken care of the house and the kids and all these things, and then all of a sudden the guy's like, I'm starting to get what you have, and you're like, I literally like cannot deal with that. You know what I like mean? Like the man cold situation. The man cold. The man flu. Like the man. Like woe is me when like the brunt of the care is usually put on the woman in those situations. Mm. So that said, I apologize for coming out harshly in that sense, but I won't apologize for wanting to take up my own space as a woman in this situation. I think you have every right to do that. I, uh, I meant it as more of just an interjection as opposed to hijacking the topic. So I, I apologize. Wow. What? I, I was we're, just, Alan, we're closing us. in. We're closing in on an hour. Okay. I do love the fact that we're ending just how we started. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I love it. It's we covered great. a whole, whole brunt of topics. Definitely. Yeah, we did. Hey, um, <laughs> are you okay? Do we need a towel? <laughs> um, All right. It's okay. If I. It, I got like drink water very, uh, at very, very opportune times. Mm -hmm. Like if Alan says something, I would do the same thing every once in a while. No, literally, that was such bad timing for me. Oh, Cameron didn't even catch what happened. Huh? Yeah, it didn't even catch. Oh, you're on the wrong screen. The water spilled. Yeah. Oh, is it because it's auto auto uh, shifting? No, it's not auto right now. Oh, okay. Well, Well, cool. This has been something for sure. (laughs) That was good. Well, it's great. Look. I mean, we don't know each other that well. No, it was um, fun. I'm but just, I just, you guys just talked. Listening. You guys started off as if you have known each other for a long time. Because we we have known each other right for through. a long time. We just have not like really this hung out or anything. This is the most we've ever talked. Oh really? Maybe per, yeah. spoken ten sentences to each other in like the decade. Oh, now. What? we yeah, just so, went zero to hundred. That's what I said. We've known each other for a long yeah, time. Yeah. We just haven't like known each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and just you know, yeah. that's it. No, actually, it's fun. Actually, probably spend more. Time with your husband playing basketball, not any, not anymore. I'm he's sure. golfing a bit more. Is he? I think a little bit, right? Man, yeah, I don't want to open up the can of worms about golf. Uh, like my wife and golf is a very sensitive subject. You well, know? Def- I mean, I can only imagine it takes up like half your day, and yeah. it's like, yeah, it's a whole thing. Okay, be- um, last last thing. What what are your what, what are he's trying to start now? No, no. I'm just curious <laughs> what your thoughts are on that because on um, golfing. Yeah, because we have our own set of kind of rules with yeah. golf, and I'm just curious if you've set any sort of like guidelines because it does take a lot of time. Yeah. Um. You know, and so I just I'm just curious about how you handle that because it's a difficult thing. Yeah, I mean, I have friends whose husbands or partners will golf like on an addicted level Mm -hmm. and she calls it like their mistress um so i think Mm. like that when it's getting to that point Mm. that's a huge red flag um for me with kevin he hasn't gotten anywhere near that point yet because he's just starting to really learn um but the boundaries that are in place definitely have to be in related in relation to that person's ability to self-control um, and have like really curb those kind of addictive because it, it really like golf to me is my parents are avid golfers like mm-hmm. they are incredible at it. My mom is like she will beat any guy on the range like she's so good. But I also know that they have the bandwidth for that because they work pretty you know flexibly and they have like a very robust balanced life and so 
I feel like that's like pretty healthy. But if you've got like three kids at home and businesses you're running and all these things, and I know that from like a lot of golfers, it's their outlet and it's such a such a nuanced uh, sport that you're like constantly trying to get better and constantly trying to better yourself. Like I respect all of that, but if it's getting to the point where the wife is like, I'm not getting the support and the help that I need at home, then I think that's when you have to self-assess and be like, okay, where can I kind of carve out some time where I'm not necessarily like fully compromising golf, but I, I can like take out this little thing and maybe put golf in there and like be home by a certain time. At the end of the day, for me, it's like if the wife is unhappy, like that's a big, big telltale sign of like, maybe corrections that need to be made yeah i'm not saying like golfing in itself is bad i think it's a great sport it's just how you manage it so for kevin like he'll communicate to me and tell me he's going out for driving range which i know is not for like a whole Mm -hmm. you know um 18 yard or 18 uh, whole situation yeah Yeah, so um it's just balancing it all so may i give you some advice on this Advice. Well, a suggestion on okay. how to how to do because oh, he asked this time because you could decline, James. Yeah, you can yeah. decline, but it's I only I only say because I didn't I, even say yes or no yet. He's still talking. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'll let, <laughs> I, I thought I thought there was a uh, a physical cue that it was okay. I'll Where, let you is the physical cue in the room with us right now? <laughs> like, <laughs> I misread the room. Okay, maybe not advice, but like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I guess so. I went I went through all this because. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm in the golf industry too, mm-hmm. you know, because, um, and I've been in the golf industry a long time, but we went through a really rough period because I like golf a lot. Mm-hmm. And golf is inherently just an addictive sport. Mm-hmm. It's very akin to golf, uh, gambling, mm-hmm. where you get this positive, uh, an intermittent positive reinforcement. Like when you hit a really good shot or you yeah. make a putt, it makes you feel so good. Yeah. And you hit a lot of bad shots and then you forget about it because it's so good. And so there's this like high. Mm-hmm. And when somebody is learning golf, and this is it's pretty typical of most people, so I won't generalize, but I think most people go through this cycle where you're you're really bad and you have an opportunity to quit at that point and you just say, I don't like golf, mm-hmm. right? And then once you get past that phase, you start to get better and mm-hmm. it, you do want to get better at golf. And at a certain point, it becomes addictive no matter what. Mm. I've never met a single person who is so in control of golf mm. where like at all times where they go, I'm getting better, but this is where I live and it's okay. I'm just going to play once a month or once every two months. Mm-hmm. I'm going to practice once in a while. Like you just, you want to go so bad. And so, um, we just found it very, um, and I play more than most cause I'm in the industry. Right. Mm-hmm. And I have a little bit more flexibility, but we, ha- we just made a hard and fast rule that unless it's like a golf trip, mm. uh, with the friends, I only play golf during work hours. Mm. Not everybody has that flexibility. But she has no she has no say in how many times I play golf. But I, it doesn't impact our life mm, at home. Mm, where it's like, mm, if you want to play, you figure out your work schedule and then you play during those times. Sure. A lot of guys don't have that. Mm-hmm. They have to be you know nine to five somewhere. Mm-hmm. So it's like I I do know it's been successful for a lot of people. Where you go, hey, yeah. look, if you want to play Saturday morning, go out at six o'clock, be home by eleven, and then we're good. And then we can go to our kids' stuff and do all the things that we're going to do on mm-hmm. the weekend together as family. And do that, you know, once or twice a month, or even if somebody's more flexible, like every every Saturday, that's what you get. But don't try and go and add a bunch of stuff to that. Mm-hmm. And it just helps to make um, s- some boundaries. Sure. 
that are a little more specific on on time because yeah. otherwise you know when surprise golf comes up yeah. i get a lot of surprise golf people are like hey you want to go golf like, yes i do i'll see you later yeah <laughs> like, yeah even this weekend i've i got invited to play a very nice golf course in vegas yeah and i was like sorry sarah and i just canceled everything we had that weekend she is not happy about it right but this is one of those like opportunities where i'm like, I, you know it's a networking opportunity it's got a lot of stuff to it I, i'm just gonna do it mm-hmm. but it makes an impact when surprise golf comes sure. out so as long as you i think as long as yeah, yeah. you know that it's gonna that's, happen that's you're you're more like likely to be okay with it yeah 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 so noted. it's about communication just like how we started if you had just, just about communicated, if i just told just her that i was putting ahead, that stupid thing in we wouldn't we would have had a much pickle. more friendly podcast it would right be great. <laughs> we came in hot and we left hot oh yeah. man all right well thank you it's been a pleasure yes always a pleasure thank you for the koguma by the way oh of course oh, yeah. I, will, I will enjoy that thoroughly yeah, I, yeah. I do love koguma uh, if you guys don't know it's korean sweet potato it's technically you, Japanese or, sorry, potato, but sorry. like the way that the way we, Koreans make yeah, it. Yeah, the way Koreans make it for sure. Did you just did you toss it in the oven and? I yeah, I did. I do a two-hour, four hundred degrees, so it like oh, really wow. gets nice and soft in there. Yeah, yeah so appreciate enjoy. that. Enjoy. Cool with a lot of TLC. That's a lot a, of love. I bring great. it. I look. I'm I'm spicy, but I am sweet too. So. Well, we appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, look, I, you know what? Honestly, this was a lot of fun. It and, was. I, and, I, had a, I had a good time. Yeah, this and, is great. And as contentious as some parts get, yeah, it's, it's like fun. you know, we're just we're here to learn and yeah. have a good conversation and exactly. enjoy each other's company. So, yeah, thank it's you been for a coming pleasure. out. Thank you for yeah. having me.